Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is season seven. Holy crap. Season seven of Bridging the Geekdoms. That means that this show has been going on for nearly seven years. Not a full seven years, but nearly seven years. That is absolutely insane to me that Bridging the Geekdoms has gotten this far. But how's it going, everyone? I, I hope you're all having a good day. I hope you guys are having a good week. Uh, this is the first official live real show of Bridging the Geekdoms of 2023. And no, I don't have Colton. I don't have Ken with me today. Uh, if you happen to catch our latest, our last episode, where we did an award ceremony of sorts when it comes to the best and worst of 2022. Go check that out if you haven't seen it. But if you did, hey, you saw Colton and Ken on the stream with me, which was pretty cool. But let's get into today. There's a lot, a lot to cover. If you're new to the show, we kind of just sit here and talk about some of the latest ongoings. I call them hot topics. Uh, usually about three or four of those. And then we get into a main topic, the final half of the show. So the first topic that I kind of want to bring up, and this is one that just kind of popped up yesterday, and I was kind of like, ah, I have to talk about it, only because of how much the game or games or the lore has meant to me. And yesterday it was announced at Microsoft. I don't know if it was announced yesterday, but it was recently announced that Microsoft was laying off 10,000 people. They're worried about the impending um, issues to the economy. And basically they decided to fire a crap ton of people. 10,000 are, that's a lot of people to fire. But the one studio part of Microsoft that couldn't steer clear of the layoffs was 343 Industries, which it's believed that about 60 to 70 people were let go from 343 Industries, most of which were part of the campaign team, which really, really concerns me. Look, Halo Infinite, Halo Infinite was a was a fun game. The The single player has a lot. They have a lot to be proud of with that game, especially coming from Halo 5, which, in my opinion, is the weakest when in terms of campaign and story. I think it is the weakest. They really started pushing things in the right direction with Halo Infinite. And there was a lot of turmoil, a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes leading up to Halo Infinite that scared a lot of people that it wasn't going to be as good. But the, the person that they brought in almost at zero hour to help write the ship to, to get everything back on track is Joe Staten, Joe Staten or Joe Staten. Uh, he is, he was a part of Bungie during Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3. Uh, definitely Halo 1 and Halo 2. He was a big part of Halo 2. Uh, I believe he actually wrote most of the story, if not the entire story for Halo 2. He was a big part of that. So when they brought him in to 343 Industries to help write Halo Infinite and really push it to it coming out on time with a cohesive story, with something to get excited about, uh, fans were rightfully excited about this. Now, Joe was not one of the ones that was let go. However, 
as Jason Schreier says on Twitter here, Joe Staten, who joined 343 in 2020 to steer Halo Infinite toward the finish line, is leaving the studio to rejoin Xbox Publishing. So he's going back, which I believe it is back to his old job that he was at in Xbox Publishing prior to coming over to 343 to help with Halo. He was sort of the steady hand. He was the one that when there were updates about Halo and he was the one giving them, you could trust what he was saying because he is a man of uh, of respect like he has so much respect and he understands what the fans want and what they were expecting and he was trying to give us that it sounds like jason schreier says it sounds like 343 halo infinite campaign team got it hit hard in an email to staff studio head pierre hints wrote that we've made that the difficult decision decision to restructure elements of our team which means some roles are being eliminated. The way 343, I'm sorry, the way Halo Infinite ended, it really left a lot open. And we were promised that Halo Infinite was going to be like a 10 year live game where for 10 years it would be updated. We would be seeing campaign DLC. We would see multiplayer DLC. We would see all that kind of stuff. And we've seen plenty of changes and updates and DLC and improvements to the multiplayer side but we're now a year and two months since the game released or about a year and a month since the official release of the game and we have no idea what's going on with campaign updates or expansions or anything like that it looked like they were going to try and in a way mimic what bungie had been doing with their destiny series which has done really well for them. I mean, they put out an expansion every you know year or so, and when they put out that expansion, it kind of blows up. It's huge. It's big. But for some odd reason, it just right now they they decided to uh, cut most of their campaign team, which is very 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 unfortunate. All right, uh, but let me know in the comments what you think. I mean, I honestly don't think that this game, it'll be lucky if this game runs for another three years at this point. <laughs> There's a lot of people talking, sitting there saying that this could be an inevitable reboot of the Halo franchise and the Halo lore for the Xbox. And I think that would be a huge, huge mistake by Microsoft and 343. The lore, the franchise, there's so much built up, there's so much good. And Halo Infinite, while it is not a perfect game, has a lot of elements that just tweaked, just improved upon, just built on, can give an even more excellent experience. And I think that they, they have to go that route. They really have to go that route. So hopefully they do. I really, really, truly hope that they go that route and get things moving and put in the right direction. All right, what else is up? The next thing I do want to talk about is Rebel Moon. Rebel Moon has a release date. Uh, it was kind of shocking. I, I didn't think that they were going to... Um, Netflix is not one to give away release dates very often. So it was a very uh, peculiar move uh, by Netflix to have this little highlight reel at the beginning, in the beginning of the year, highlighting 
I want to say more than a dozen. It was probably closer to 15, 20, maybe even 30 films that are releasing between now and the end of 2023 with release dates. Don't get me wrong. That is the right move for Netflix. They needed to start doing that. Their marketing strategy for promoting movies and their television shows has been really terrible for their entire existence. So the fact that they are going this route and really pushing this idea like, hey, we're going to announce these release dates so people get excited. People know what's coming. Because a lot of times I think, you know, they, they're so worried about their, they lost a shit ton of money last year and they need to get that money back and they need to get people on their service. And I think that's the best way to do it is to start better marketing their movies. But here we go. I mean, this right here is phenomenal. These are the, the short little scenes and clips that we got to see of Rebel Moon uh, in that little sneak peek teaser that Netflix dropped. You know, Sophia Boutier, Boutiella, however you say her name, she's going to be the main actress. She's going to be the main character. And uh, even Zach uh, put a little synopsis of Rebel Moon out there. But this looks great. It really does. We know that they're doing at least two parts. Netflix spoke in an interview recently about that and stated that we saw what Zach was creating. He's been building this, this story, this idea of this story for 10 years, the better part of 10 years. And Zach looks at it as his answer to star Wars and Netflix wanted to get on board with it. And Netflix did. And they gave him the ability to make two parts at minimum right now. This is two parts. So two films we're going to be getting for rebel moon. And they say that the potential is there to expand the universe even further. It's incredible. The, the fact that Netflix has so much, so much invested in Zach right now, that is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. We're going to talk more about that in a little bit here before we get to the main topic. But, you know, don't, don't just balk at the idea that there are people out there for those of you who aren't big Snyder fans there are studios out there who like what Zach has created through his career and think that he is a drawing force and I tell you what while you may not like everything he's made I, I don't I don't like every single thing I'm not a big fan of sucker punch Watchmen is a good watch maybe once or twice but after that it's just a kind of a a long drawn out you know version of the the comic adaptation but that doesn't mean he's bad. It's just, you know, some things hit the right way for certain people and some things don't. And I'm hoping Rebel Moon hits for me. I'm hoping it hits for a lot of people. And I think Netflix is as well. So let me know your thoughts on Rebel Moon, what we know so far, what we've seen. How excited are you? I, I keep saying, people, you need to shift your focus. You need to shift your focus. Where All these Snyder fans are so obsessed. They're so dead set on re- booting or not rebooting, but restoring, I'm sorry, restoring the Snyderverse. And yeah, that'd be great. I would love to see the Snyderverse restored. How great would that be? I think we would all love to see that. Well, a large portion of us would love to see that. But we need to remember that he's off doing his own thing right now. He's not hired by Warner Brothers. He's not working for Warner Brothers. He's not working for DC. He's building two universes over at Netflix right now. Two. Some people don't think about that. Let the man build what he's doing. Let him make what he's doing. That's where his passion is right now. 
I, I would not want to pull him away from that and risk that being any lesser than what it could be. And the fact, and we're going to move on, the fact that people want to sit there and use this hashtag. I've, I've made a couple videos about it. I've talked about it. I, I know that a lot of people on, <laughs> on social media, uh, there's a, there's a Twitter user. I believe their name is Jonah Fett. Uh, look, I, I give you credit for being passionate. I respect that passion. I respect anyone who can be that passionate, that excited about something. Absolutely be excited. But my issues with it, because it always comes back, it's not hurting anybody. You're right. You're right. To sit there and put out a hashtag, you know, sell Snyderverse to Netflix. What is it? Uh, I don't even know what the, the hashtag is anymore. Sell Snyderverse to Netflix, Snyderverse, ZSA, uh, ZSJL to Netflix, whatever it is. You want to sit there and promote that and, and push that. That's fine. Do that. It, 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 more power to you. But but hear me out. No, it's not hurting anybody right now. Because what you don't understand is this idea is not a good idea. And it continues to push this thought that, hey, this stuff is possible. And it, and, and it would be great if it was. But it's not. Oh, you know what? Here, let's do this. I want to do this because I, I, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss a part of this. So let me first play devil's advocate on why, why I think they should. Why I think they should move the Snyderverse to Netflix. So first and foremost, my, my devil's advocate take on why they should. It would excite fans and get them in the good gracious <laughs> with WB and DC. Like that that's really the only big benefit for Warner Brothers to sell the rights or the story to Netflix because it would put them in good graces with the fans. And then it would also show Warner Brothers is willing to make things right with filmmakers who have been jaded by past regimes, which Zaslav has already sort of done to this point. So that's it. There are no other reasons. I, I sat here for two or three days thinking about this. To logically think, to sit there and think, what good, what good does this serve a movie studio to sell off their rights, a story containing their biggest IPs, their biggest names in their IP to another studio? There is nothing else which is why I'm going to tell you why it isn't happening. And then I'm going to tell you why it's important that you understand this. Number one is the cost is insurmountable for Netflix to acquire these rights. Like I said, these are DC's biggest names within their IP. You really think that they're going to sit there and say, you know what? We're trying to build a universe over here with those same characters. But we're going to give another company, another studio, the same characters to continue a universe that we're not continuing, that we're not going to utilize. That would be counterproductive. That's reason number two. It's counterproductive. It would hurt them in the long run. It would hurt them in the short term. It would hurt them all around. 
confusion for the general audience. Yes. Look, I get it that there's a Batman movie. I get it that there's a Joker movie and there's sequels coming out for it. And, and the audience understands that. That's fine. I get that. But Netflix needs to make money. There's no money to be made here because those who have Netflix are already have Netflix. They're not going to get an influx of subscribers for a continued Snyderverse. And even if they did, it would be a short spurt. They want subscribers who are there long-term. Derpy Entertainment, what's going on, my man? You say, I'd end my life than ever want to see Snyderverse to continue on Netflix because of stupid fans that watched the Watchmen film he made and put Snyder in charge. I mean, that's, that Derpy, that's a little, uh, that's a little little much there. Uh, look, uh, I'm a huge fan of what Snyder created. I'm a huge fan of what he was doing, but being a Snyder fan and being a fan of film, being a, a, a someone who understands how the industry works after sitting there watching it for the better part of 37 years, I realize that the battle is, is over. I mean, there's no, there's no avenue right now that is Snyderverse. There's just no avenue for it. Yes, prior to James Gunn coming in, I could see it as a, a small possibility. But when James Gunn came in, you know, he, he pushed aside Cavill and, and there's a lot of other things that are going on. There's no avenue anymore for it. And this shift to say Netflix should do it. Where did it come from? Well, it came from scoopers from people who were talking about Netflix prior to the Snyder cut coming out and whether or not it's true. And I, I actually do believe this was true because I do believe the person who was talking about it, but he stated years ago, prior to the Snyder cut coming out, but after it was announced that it was coming, that Netflix did inquire, did reach out to Warner brothers about the Snyder cut and releasing the Snyder cut themselves. Now there's a huge difference between taking a finished film or partially finished film and putting some money into it and releasing it then taking an unfinished story movies that aren't made and continuing quite possibly a one, two, three, four, five film series on another platform. There's a huge difference there. Again, there's no money in it for Netflix. There's no, yes, there's huge money in it for Warner brothers because Warner Brothers is in charge of the IP and they could sell the IP or that portion of the IP to Netflix for huge, huge money, hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars. But that's why Netflix won't do it because it is a lot of money, a lot of money. Finally, people want to sit there and say, well, people said the Snyder Cut didn't exist and look what happened. You're right. There were a lot of people saying the Snyder Cut didn't exist. And I pushed back on those people when they were saying that because Zack Snyder came out, yes, there is a cut, it does exist. Where all the issues come in with that though, those people who are saying there is no cut, it's all about semantics. Those people who are trying to say, and I won't say all of them, there's like, I'd say probably about 80% of those people were saying there is no Snyder Cut. We're saying that there's no finished product. Yeah, there was probably about 20%, maybe 30% of those people were actually saying, no, there's nothing. There's no Snyder anything. 
those were the ones that were assholes or wrong that need to go away. Those other 70, 80%, they're cool because they were right. They weren't wrong. It's all based on semantics. They, they, you know, they're saying, no, there isn't a Snyder cut because there's not a finished cut of the movie where the Snyder fans were saying, yes, there is a cut of an unfinished movie. And we understood that. And that's where things get interesting and ridiculous at times. But besides that, it's a very, very different situation because the Snyder cut was there. David, not David Zaslav, uh, Jason Killar could have not given Zach $70 million plus to finish the film. He could have said, I'll give you 30. And he could have given him 30 and it could have been a lesser film than what we got. He could have given him 20. He could have given him 50. He could have given him 200 and we could have gotten more. The thing about it is the money being spent there was for one reason and one reason only, not the fans, not Zack Snyder, HBO Max. That was an investment to HBO Max. That was an investment to help push, to help get subscribers for a new streaming platform called HBO Max. As much as us, the fans, want to believe and truly push and say, they did this because of us. Yes. The idea of actually releasing it for HBO Max is because of the fans pushing and demanding it and wanting it. But don't think for one second that they were sitting there saying, we're doing this for the fans. They did it for one reason only, money. So you take a look at this situation, selling the Snyderverse to Netflix. They could make a lot of money if Netflix paid. But here's the thing. It would also take money out of their pocket because a lot of people would be either confused about what the hell's going on with James Gunn's DCU and the Snyderverse over here and wouldn't watch one or the other or both. Or you're going to have those people that just continue to push and fight. This is better over here than that. I'm not watching that. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. That is why it's different. Derpy Entertainment. I hope in James. I, I have hope in James Gunn. I like what he did with the Suicide Squad. Now he's our Kevin Foggy with his character traits as a person. James Gunn to me is a guy. When I look at him, DC as a whole, and the fans. I'm guessing there's more to that. Look, I I I agree. I I'm excited about what James Gunn is going to bring to DC. I am. You, you take out their personal life. You know, for how long? A lot of these Snyder fans who are sitting there. And, and, and we're yelling at me just a few months ago that, oh, you can't take a look at what Ezra Miller's doing in his private life. You know, look at his character for the flash. You got to worry about that. That's what matters. You're right. You guys got to do the same for James Gunn. Take his personal life out of it. He has the ability. He has the knowledge. He knows what fans like. And he's going to go that route. And I think he's going to do a bang up job, a hell of a job with DC. I can't wait. I truly, truly cannot wait. But speaking of James Gunn, that was a great segue. Thank you very much, Derby. Speaking of James Gunn, when the hell are we going to get an update on DCEU? Well, he promised that sometime, sometime before the end of January, we get an update. So 
that's we got what a week and a half 10 days 11 days something like that derpy plus now dc fans look at this way we struggled with formula to be good now we have someone from the inside and know the enemy secret i know everybody likes to sit there and say oh enemy secret here's the thing marvel and dc behind the scenes they shake hands they're cool with each other you know even in front of the camera they you know oh yeah it benefits for each one to be successful see right now what's going on with marvel how they're struggling a little bit and we're going to get into this whenever we talk more about ant-man but with them struggling a little bit that's not a good thing for dc right now it seems like it could be a good thing but in reality it's not but we'll get into that in a second so james gunn when can he uh, look here's what my expectations are i think i think we're going to see something tomorrow I think there's a good chance it'll be tomorrow. I think it'll be a great way to to send off into the weekend. Uh, I, I, if it's not tomorrow, it might be next Friday. I think it's going to be a Friday that the information drops. I think that he's going to drop some bombs. Uh, I, unfortunately, I, I think that they should have really tried to push and rush some casting news. I think they should have gotten a new Batman and Superman at this point in time. I think that would have been huge for them to announce, hey, we got a Superman and a Batman. And we got movies coming out for each of them. The Superman movie will be out this year. Batman will be out this year, so on and so forth. That's what I think they should have done. So unfortunately, we're not going to get a Superman casting, Batman casting. I don't think we're going to get any new casting for anything. But I think he's going to announce anywhere between three to five films. Three to five films with them starting to come out in March of 2020. No, not March. Um, November of 2024. That's what I think he's going to announce. I think we're going to start to see everything come out. The first film, November 2024, and then March of 2025, June or July of 2025, and so on. I think that's what we're going to see. Only because if he waits too long, you know, like, because we have through this year, 2023, we have a lot of stuff coming out. You don't want to wait more than a year to release something after that point. And the Joker will probably come out somewhere in the the early part of 2024 is my guess. Maybe, you know, March, May, somewhere around there. So that would be a good little gap, stop gap. I think November is when we're going to see the first film from his new DCU. But that's what I think. I think we're going to get three to five films. I think it's going to be on a Friday, either tomorrow this coming Friday or the following Friday after this. Either way, I'm looking forward to it because I can't wait to see what he has in store. Uh, Derpy Entertainment again, but you get my point with Gunn's creativity. He's not going to be afraid with formula to take limits within the Marvel formula because he's going to go that route to take risk. Okay, that's what he means. He means to take risks, not limits. So he's not going to be afraid of formula to take risks. You're not wrong. I, I know that he's, what am I doing? I know he's going to take risks. And I, that's one reason why I'm excited. But that plays a role on why the struggling of Marvel is not good for DC right now. But let's move on to the main topic. All right. So before we do that, though, anybody and everybody on here, you know, listening, watching, let us know in the comments what you think about what's going on at DC, the Snyderverse to Netflix. Do you think it's a possibility? Why? Why do you think it? Granted, yes, it doesn't hurt anybody, but, you know, it's building toxicity. It's building a a divided fandom because of all this asinine 
thoughts and ideas and this false hope that get, keeps getting put out there. So what do you think about that? What are you expecting from James Gunn in January when he makes these announcements of the DCU, his new DC or DCU, I should say, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, three to five films. We know he's, he already has a Superman film coming up. I think they're going to announce a Superman Batman film or you know, world's finest. I think he's going to kind of set the groundwork for the justice league. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of those films that he announces is a justice league movie. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think we're going to get two or three major characters films, a justice league movie, and then two or three, maybe uh, side lesser known characters. And maybe more, maybe he announces more of television shows even. Uh, Derpy says, I do not want anyone in their forties for acting unless it's Alfred Gordon, Martian Manhunter and Lucius Fox. The actors all should be in the range of late twenties, early thirties. And I think that's the route he's going to go. I think that's what James Gunn is doing. We know that he's going younger with Superman. I think Batman's going to be going the same route, probably Wonder Woman as well. Uh, that's the thing. And we still don't know about Gal. Gal could still be Wonder Woman. We don't have any official word on whether she's sticking around or not. Personally, I, I think that they should just do a full reboot, push everybody out and go from there. But maybe she sticks around. I, I don't mind if she does. I just think that to make it clear this is a brand new universe, I think you need to start from scratch. Uh, he wants, Derby wants Aaron Taylor Johnson as Bruce. That'd be great. But right now, and not saying that you can't play multiple comic book characters. We know you can, and we know everybody can, uh, but he is going to be craving the hunter and the Sony Spider-Man universe films. And <sighs> yeah, that may take up a lot of his time. There's also rumor that he's, he could be up for bond, which I think he'd be a good bond too. Um, for sure. For sure. All right. So let's move on to the main topic. Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania. Is this, the real start, the real start to the post endgame MCU. You know, phase four has been relatively lackluster to this point. I've loved a lot of what has come out, but there's a lot that I've really not liked. I loved Shang-Chi. I really liked Miss Marvel. I liked Hawkeye. I'm one of the few that actually liked Hawkeye. I liked Captain or um what was it? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I really liked that. There's a lot that I did like. I liked Eternals. But to the mainstream audience, a lot of people didn't like it. And, and I know Derpy up here said, uh, right when his first comment was, MCU died after Endgame. And you're not wrong. I think, I think the hype around the MCU has diminished quite a bit. But there's a reason for that. So when the MCU started, there's a lot of people who fight this thing that, you know, when the MCU started, we had no idea what the quote unquote end game was. We didn't know that these stories were going to build to an infinity gauntlet, to the snap, to Iron Man dying. We didn't know that. But as time went on, we had Iron, or we had the first Avengers in the, the little tea scene where, oh, Thanos is out there. And Thanos kept popping up here and there, and the Infinity Stones were being brought more and more into the MCU. We we then started getting this picture of this is where they're going. Ah, oh, they, and we could start speculating. We could start getting excited about all of that. But here's the thing: we got used to that. 
We all got used to that. We, I know I did. I was used to this speculation and excitement and, and discussions that I would have with my friends and coworkers about where the MCU is going, what this next movie is. And that's what got us excited. That's what kept pushing us and getting us to watch the next movie, the next movie, the next movie. You know, they also didn't rush everything. We were looking at like three to four movies a year. Remember, between 2009 and 2020, we had 20, what, 23 projects completed and put out. Between 2020 and 2023, we've had 21 projects put out. <laughs> like, the, legitimately, they've, they've put so much content out over the last few years that it does get tiresome, especially when we have no idea how any of it fits together or where it's going. We have an inkling of an idea because they keep bringing up the multiverse and we know it's the multiverse saga. So we see a little bit of it in Loki. We see a little bit in Dr. Strange. We see a little bit in Spider-Man, but here's the thing. Those are three projects out of two dozen <laughs> that touch on this aspect. And us as fans, we were so used to knowing from 2012 until 2019, we had an idea of where things were going, even in the movies that didn't truly connect or have any impact on the overall story. We knew that it was still leading to that. Derpy says, I enjoyed Wakanda forever. WandaVision, No Way Home, what if everything else was disappointing? The 50 piles of crap, Thor 4 and She-Hulk, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Here's the thing. Like, like you're saying, you know, there's, there, there was some, there was some gems in phase four and, I, and is Wakanda forever phase four or phase five? I, I don't remember. I don't know if it's the end of phase four or the beginning of phase five, regardless, I, it, it, there were some good gems. There were some, there were some, you know, a lot of stinkers though. <laughs> Thor was just abysmal. Uh, I did, however, love the ending of Thor, uh, love and thunder. I did love the ending. So, uh, I, I but that's, that's neither here nor there. Okay, so Wakanda Forever Derby says it was end of phase four. And and that's fine because I think it makes sense now. If Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out, if that's the first movie of phase five, the first project of phase five, you have to start out with a bang and you have to truly show the fans at this point that this is the start of the post-Endgame MCU now. Because if you continue down the route that it was going, you're going to lose fans the excitement is just going to get lesser and lesser and the MCU will just fade away. It'll fade away. And that, that would be really disappointing to me. It really would be. Now phase four laid a lot of groundwork, introducing new characters. You have She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, uh, Shang-Chi, the Eternals. There's a lot of new characters introduced new iterations of characters. Falcon becoming the, the, the becoming Captain America, you know, the things like we're, we're seeing some, we were seeing some interesting and cool things through phase phase four. But the problem is we all have no idea where it's going. So this film, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, the trailer came out, looks phenomenal. I know a lot of people think it looks a little meh. Uh, I, I think you have to put both trailers together. If you take a look at the first trailer that dropped and then this trailer, the first trailer really kind of was like showing the seriousness of the film. Whereas the second trailer showed more of the action and the, 
and the heart, not the heart, but the excitement of the movie. And I think when you take a look, and, and this is coming from somebody who was not a big fan of the second Ant-Man. I like it more than I like the first Ant-Man. I despise the first Ant-Man. The second one I, I enjoyed. So I'm not really like excited about this. Like I wasn't excited about this movie until the trailers. So, uh, you know, that's what I'm excited about is seeing where this is all this movie is going to take us. But again, they could, it could just be a slap in the face to fans. It could just be like, Hey, we're going to discuss, we're going to, we're, we're, yeah, this is, this, this is going to explain everything for everybody. And then we watch it and then it's absolutely shit. It's absolutely nothing, which would really, really suck. So I hope they don't go that route. I hope it goes the way that we want. Uh, is this going to be a greater understanding of the MCU post end game? Are we going to know who the big bad is? Is, is Kang the real big bad of the MCU right now? Because as Derpy here so graciously posts secret wars. Yeah, we are building the secret wars. We are. I I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be interesting. But I don't think it's going to be anything like the comic Secret Wars. Uh, obviously, I don't think you can at this point. We don't have all the characters. We don't have the major plot points that can be utilized for it. But I think we'll see some pretty cool things in Secret Wars. But you have Secret Wars, which is a huge, a huge, huge storyline in the comics. And Kang, which could be a huge, huge villain in the mcu and you sit there and kane doesn't really play into the secret war thing maybe he does maybe he will but you're having a kane dynasty film and a secret wars movie and the secret wars comes out before kane dynasty there's a lot of things that i want to see happen uh, but what is what does foggy have up his sleeve Kevin Feige with an Uno reverse card, Daddy Galactus, please. That be that would be great. That would be interesting, you know. And here's the thing: we're going to be getting a Fantastic Four movie here within the next couple of years, which I'm excited about. I can't wait to see that. Can you really make Galactus their first big villain? Can you really? And does Galactus, with the characters we have now? Does Galactus fit anywhere else in the MCU to pop up and be a villain? I, no, it, it, it really, he doesn't. You know, that's even like when you take a look at Kang being the main villain of an Ant-Man movie. <laughs> Ant-Man? I remember when they announced that. I was like, wait, what? Kang is going to be the villain for Ant-Man? I don't know. Like, what is what does Foggy have up his sleeve? I'm I'm really interested, but I do truly believe. I truly believe that this is going to be, this is going to be, the start of what the MCU is going to be post Endgame. Um, I do hope, and and I'm gonna say it. I I know some people may get mad at me, but I hope they get away from the wokeness. She, I was completely turned off from She Hulk. She Hulk's numbers were shit. You take a look at what wokeness does in these things and you go woke, you go broke. I want them to pull back on it. You don't need to get all preachy with your stuff. That's not why we watch these things. 
there'd be entertainment. I mean, not right now. Maybe at the end of phase six for Galactus. Yeah, sure. I look, I'm looking for, I, I want to see Galactus. I want to see Galactus done right. Not just a big cloud in space. Uh, hear me out. Liam Neeson is Galactus. Here's the thing. Galactus is Galactus is going to look like, um, why can't I, I it, right there. Um, he, he's going to be CGI just like, mm, in Eternals, the like Ersham and stuff like that, where I can't remember the names of them. Um, it's right there, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, you know, he, he's he, he's gonna be CGI, so Liam Neeson absolutely for the voice of Galactus because I, I don't think you really need him as the body, but absolutely, I love I love Liam Neeson. I'll take Liam Neeson in anything, honestly. Put more Liam Neeson, more, more, more Liam Neeson in Star Wars, that'll make all Star Wars better right now. All of it better. <laughs> All right. Uh, and yes, I know that he was in Star Wars already. Just give him me more. But yeah, I, I'm excited. I truly am excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean, we're less than a month away from this movie. And I think the reason why I'm so excited is because there is not as much speculation i'm all for speculating i'm all for theorizing things i did a, a TikTok on what i think the big moment in ant-man and the wasp is going to be i don't think scott lang is going to die i don't I, they're they're alluding to it they're teasing that in a trailer they're not going to tease something like that in a trailer if it actually happens i i've seen too many movies i've watched too many trailers it's they're not killing scott lang off but here's the thing it's all a tease because they don't want you to know what's going to happen. I, I think one of the big things, I think the big reveal is going to be that something, the catastrophic event that happens in Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania, whatever that catastrophic, catastrophic event is, whether it's the rumor that Kang gets his abilities to time travel or go multiverse to multiverse, whatever it is that he, that, that is there personally, I think, that catastrophic event, that event that, that gives him the ability to do everything is going to be that pencil dropping moment from Loki, Scarlet Witch being born in WandaVision, the spell getting messed up in Multiverse or in No Way Home. That's what I see. I think we're going to see a lot of these moments that happened over here line up with what happened over here, bringing it all together. So we're going to finally see how, okay, now I'm understanding this happened because this happened because this happened because this happened. And now we're going in this direction. And that's what I think is going to be the big reveal. The big thing right there. Uh, Derpy entertainment. Can I get a big rip today? It was national popcorn. Couldn't go to the movies. RIP, not rip. <laughs> big RIP. Yeah, man. Uh, I didn't realize I'm not a big popcorn guy. So yeah, even when I go to the movies, I'm not a popcorn guy. I'm a nacho guy. Love me nachos. And I'm not one of those ones that eats them during the movie. I make sure I finish them before the movie starts. So I don't annoy anybody with my crunching because kids annoying people with crunching with bags, with whatever it is in the movie theater is not cool. Not cool. We're spending money to go see a movie. Be quiet. Turn off your cell phones. Don't use a flashlight. Be kind. Rewind. All right. Uh, <laughs> Derby. I respect that. Yeah. 
let me know your thoughts, everyone. I want to know what you're thinking of Ammon and the Lost Quantumania. Are you excited about it? Do you think this is the real official start of the post-endgame MCU? I think it is. I think it's undoubtedly going to be the biggest movie in regards to story-wise and connectivity since Endgame, or biggest project even. But is it going to be any good? <laughs> is it going to be any good? And Derpy says, I do. I, uh, I, I, hey, man. I mean, thank you. I, I, I appreciate the, the agreement there. I like that because it's, I, I don't know. Maybe I haven't been to the movies for a while. So maybe that's why I'm so excited about this film. Maybe. Derpy says, I'm very interested in Secret Invasion. I am. Uh, I, I I love what's her face. Um, chick who played Khalid. I, I'm terrible with remembering names of things. If you've not noticed that, if you're somebody who listens or watches this show, you probably know. I don't remember names of people or things very well. But yeah, I, I like her. I, I think she's a great actress. And I'm looking forward to what she brings to the MCU. Who isn't a Samuel L. Jackson fan? Uh, I, I just... I wanted them to go... Um, what show am I thinking about here? Um, so many shows that came out. You know, I was really hoping that that we would have gotten with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like a, a almost like a spy thriller type of show, and we didn't get that. And I think that's what Secret Invasion could be, and I'm hoping it is because we haven't had that since Winter Soldier, and that's still like my top it's between that and the first guardians of the galaxy as my top favorite MCU films, MCU projects. And, uh, I would love to see more of that type of storytelling and tone with the MCU. And Derpy says, because of the state of Nick Fury is in, because I loved winter soldier. It's still in my top three. Yeah. I mean, you're with, I'm with you on that, man. Uh, if they can get, if they can get that same tone, as Winter Soldier for Secret Invasion, no doubt it's going to be great. No doubt. Well, I'm going to call this one here today, guys. Uh, it's going to be a short one. When it's by myself, I don't usually go the full hour. Uh, thank you very much, Derpy, for you know keeping me entertained. I think you kept me more entertained than I kept you entertained. Thank you so much for commenting. Uh, and honestly, guys, you know make sure you hit that like button, hit subscribe. Some things are changing here at Bridging Geekdoms. I'm sure you've seen some of the aesthetic changes. Uh, you know, our logos changed slightly and we got some cool little graphics of our little faces from, uh, you know, courtesy of Apple Memojis. <laughs> so definitely keep a lookout on what's going on here. Uh, we got some things moving and grooving. Hopefully by, you know, within the next month or two, we'll be able to kind of announce more for that. And Derpy says, I mean, I do have fan casting for the DCU. And here's the thing. We're going to, I'm trying to get everything set up with either Ken and or Col and Colton to do a show where we can talk about the DCU. But I don't want to start doing fan casting and really speculating until we know what James Gunn has up his sleeve. I want to see what he announces film-wise coming up. And then, and then the fan casting can begin and, ha and we can have fun with that. So... Uh, definitely keep a lookout for that whenever we talk. I'm hoping with, you know, I'm hoping it's shortly after James Gunn does his announcements that we get to have this this uh, episode where we talk about the future of the DCU and what our expectations are and, and, and our excitement level for it. 
until we know the plan. And Derpy, I'll let you say this. What will you say? You have one thing to say. I will say this. What do you got? And then I will respond and end the show there. What do you got? Yeah, I, I look, guys. If you haven't, subscribe, like, share. Find us on Twitter. My Twitter has been blowing up lately. Absolutely blowing up lately. It's been a lot of fun. And I, I kind of hope that it does lead to more checking out the show, watching the show, that kind of thing. Um, actually pulling up Twitter right now. Um, I just kind of want to respond to this from Stanley Ipkiss at RestoreZSJL. Uh, this is in response to me saying that I think we have to shift our focus for restore the Snyderverse to animate the Snyderverse. And Stanley Epkis goes, what would be the point in it being animated? Zack's movies are so good because they're live action and have his eye for detail and storytelling. You can't get all that in animation. It's not the same. And I actually am going to disagree with you on that because he is venturing into animation for another time. He did that owl film and he's doing another one um, right now with uh, uh, Jay Oliva. So personally, I think that absolutely he should look at it. I think he has an eye for animation as well. And Derpy says... Finally, I want Superman design and tone to be golden age like Max Fleischer cartoon, at least for the first film where his powers are limited and is more human like and growing as a character. Absolutely. I think that would be great. It'd be different. It would be different because not even the, the Chris Reeves was like that. Uh, we, we didn't really see him grow into his powers with the Chris Reeves Superman either. So I agree. I'm all for that. I am all for that. I can't wait to see what James Gunn announces. I can't wait to see what comes but everyone, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to skedaddle here. So please, you know, thank you for watching. You can scan the little QR code on the screen right now. That'll take you to our link tree where you can follow us and like us everywhere you want to like us and all of that jazz. And, uh, with all that said, guys, I guess I'll talk at all of you later.